The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Welcome to Season 5 of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. HubSpot's inbound conference in Boston recently occurred, and there were a lot of exciting announcements. We're here to talk about the impact that AI is having on marketers and how they can more effectively reach their customers. Today, we're going to talk about how marketers can avoid the hype and meaningfully use AI to create better customer experiences and build customer loyalty. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Nicholas Holland, VP of Product and GM of HubSpot Marketing Hub. Nicholas, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this with you. Uh, why don't we start by you giving a brief background on yourself as well as what your role is at, at HubSpot. Okay. Uh, so again, I'm Nicholas Holland. I'm a VP in the product org. I'm also the GM of two hubs, Marketing Hub and CMS Hub. So really, I'm responsible for like the marketing persona specifically. Uh, Marketing Hub is what HubSpot's been known for. It's really like where we kind of grew our roots with an inbound concept. So it does content marketing, social media marketing, and advertising on the lead generation side. And Marketing Hub also does... Uh, kind of marketing automation. So that's like campaign orchestration, automation, um, email marketing, mobile messaging, reporting, et cetera. So that's kind of what we do there. And then CMS Hub uh, is basically an enterprise level kind of cloud management for your website. And so that's what I do. Wonderful. Well, yeah. So then, you know, since we're fresh from inbound 2023 in in Boston a few weeks ago, I'd, I'd like to start by asking about the show and, you know, some of your thoughts this year. So what were, what were some of the highlights uh, for you this year? So this year was, you know, 
as probably most of your listeners know, the world changed pretty dramatically this year with the AI stuff with GPT and chat GPT specifically moving into the mind share of most people, specifically business people. We had been working with AI for a few years, but our philosophy had been really, we were almost like the anti AI company, not from a using it, but we felt like many companies out there kind of oversold the promise of it because up until this last year, you had to have such big data sets to really make use of it. So We've been quite familiar with AI using it for ourselves and some of our largest customers, but it had not been something that we had been very vocal about. And that, that changed early this year, especially when like all of the, the large language models made it more accessible to the normal person. And HubSpot has always been really focused on the frontline rank and file marketer, sales, service people. We want to make them the heroes. That's what I used to be in a previous career. And so the fact that now all of this AI stuff helps you better at your job, well, that was like a big shift for us. And so we wanted to capture that. So that was big. The second thing that's big is a lot of people are kind of moving into multiple channels. You know, we all for years have known that mobile is quite a popular um, area for our consumer lives. But on the B2B side, it has been slow to uptake anything besides email. And that's been a slow change over the last few years. And so we you know, released WhatsApp last year and we released SMS this year. And then last, you know, I'm a big believer that if you're doing marketing specifically, that to be as personalized as you can is, is really the key. So the right message to the right people in the right context or the right place, that's hard. And to do that, I think that marketers that use CRMs are more powerful and more successful than those who don't. And so we've spent a ton of time at this inbound really just continuing to invest in our CRM and making it more like extensible, customizable, making sure that like how you run your business can be reflected in that. And that really unlocks a lot of power for marketers. Yeah. Yeah. And that, um, so yeah, lots of, lots of exciting stuff there and, and, and announcements. And, you know, I know the, you know, from my perspective and we talk a lot about omni-channel or at least moving to multi-channel and, and stuff. So the, the SMS and, and WhatsApp is uh, pretty pretty interesting stuff. It sounds like there were also some announcements around not only Sales Hub, which anyone familiar with HubSpot is is I'm sure familiar with, as well as Commerce Hub. Can you talk a little bit about about those? Yeah. So Sales Hub is something where you know we've had a CRM, and if you've got a lot of marketers or salespeople listening, marketing uh, or specifically sales and CRM have been synonymous for many years. And the reality is, is that as we've kind of matured in our business thinking, they're really kind of two separate things, frankly. CRM has become more and more like a single pane of glass to see everything about your business. And sales is more about kind of rep productivity, growing a sales force that, you know, really helps you engage and kind of close deals with customers. So we decided to get real serious about that. And instead of kind of having them very, you know, uh, people conflating them together. We have the CRM is very distinctly the CRM and where you store your data. And we really wanted Sales Hub to get better at serving those frontline teams. So it's we got very serious and invested in a you know very streamlined, hyper-focused prospecting type environment and a set of tools around it to really improve that. We got really uh, clear on making sure we put a lot of investments for like sales managers to coach their people and 
see what their performance is, do better sales forecasting. Uh, and then, you know, across the board, we just added a lot of, a lot of productivity stuff, a lot of polish that like makes reps uh, and managers more successful. And then the commerce hub, we kind of slipped that in. It's not something you buy. It's effectively a collection of tools that just help you get paid faster. And for a while, we, we referenced these tools, we built them for years, but we didn't really have a way of kind of capturing what we were trying to do for customers. And so we decided to just move forward with calling it Commerce Hub. And an easy way of thinking about that is that today you're a B2B company. You're effectively probably using a CRM. You probably got marketing automation. You probably have some reps doing sales automation. But the reality is, is that when you engage with customers, ideally you're doing it in a digital way. So ideally you're quoting them, you know, sending out quotes that are digital so you can get information on, you know, what they like, what they don't give them a chance to buy. If you've already engaged and done service with them, ideally you're invoicing them. And of course you can invoice from your QuickBooks or your Zero or whatever your accounting system is, but to have your reps be able to close the deal or send the invoice is also a key part of many businesses. So Commerce Hub just represents all of these tools that help you get paid faster. And when it connects back to the CRM and connects back to your accounting systems, what's nice is when you start to run reports on sales performance, it's not just on the deal closed, it's actually on the money collected. And that's pretty nice. Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, Partner Hero. Customer service outsourcing has long been available mainly to large enterprise businesses with long-term contracts and onerous procurement processes. Partner Hero is challenging business as usual and bringing the benefits of outsourcing to small and medium businesses as well as startups. With short, flexible contracts and fast ramp-up times, Partner Hero is making customer support outsourcing a viable option for small and medium businesses and startups. It's perfect for companies with seasonality expecting a temporary spike in volume or that simply need to scale up. And their focus on quality means your customers will get an experience that feels like it comes from your team. If you're ready to bring in outside customer support help for your company that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com agile, that's partnerhero.com A-G-I-L-E, to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from the Agile brand and the way of the setup fee. Now let's get back to the show. Let's now shift a little bit. You you had mentioned the the trend of, of AI is you know it's certainly sweeping the 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 industry and 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 so you know I want to spend some time talking about that today. Um, certainly, HubSpot has announced some features, and I want to talk some about that as well as just you know more broadly how marketers should be thinking about using AI tools in in general and 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 certainly we've spent a lot of time on this show over this year. Every show that I've had this year has touched on it in some in some way. But, I, you know, I think today as, as we talk through this, you know, want to want to look at there's a lot of things that can be done. But, you know, what's what's going to make the most meaningful impact to marketers as we you know, as we move forward. So um, but let's start with, you know, uh, HubSpot made a big announcement of HubSpot AI. Could you give us a, a sense of you know what what exactly does that include and maybe some of the some of the highlights? Sure. So the HubSpot AI is like an umbrella that captures all of the AI efforts that we've done uh, in the past. Coming up to this inbound, we've already had things like uh, predictive lead scoring. That's a way of telling a salesperson, you know, and a marketer kind of works with it, but says like this lead is more likely to close than this other lead. So that's trying to help you find the signal and the noise. And we've had 
Uh, also in the past, and, and we still have it now, what we call adaptive testing. So that's a fancy way of saying that like, you know, you want to know which landing page is going to perform the best. You know, in the past, you used to have to do all sorts of like really uh, deep A-B testing and all that stuff. But with AI, it's pretty straightforward. You just make variations, could be one, could be five. And then the AI will watch and find the best variation and just naturally make that the main one. So it's pretty nice. It kind of takes a lot of the pain out of testing. For this inbound, um, for example, we really did a lot with integrating the LLM type stuff. So you'll see a lot of vendors across the, the, the world doing this. But what we did was first, instead of just having, let's say, chat GPT inside of HubSpot, we started asking ourselves, all right, so... The way this works for marketers and everybody who's listening is, you know, you're kind of on this journey. You're like, what's this AI stuff? And I tell everybody, before we really can have like a deep, meaningful conversation, you need to go make something that matters to you on ChatGPT. I've heard people putting together a business plan. I've heard people basically putting resignation letters. I've heard people basically doing things like putting together their eulogy if they die. I've heard... You know, just a variety of things. But the reason why I say don't go play with it, build something that matters. And the reason why is that you'll quickly realize why prompt engineering is like such a thing. Because the easiest way to think about it is, is is, uh, think about how we talk to computers. You roll back the clock 60 years ago, we're talking to it with binary zeros and ones. You then go a little bit further forward and we're talking to computers with, you know, punch cards and you go a little bit further forward, we're talking to computers with command lines. And again, these were all very challenging, specialized skills. You had to be a programmer or something like that. And then you move on to then Xerox comes out with the windowing system. And Microsoft makes it famous with Windows 95. Right. And now it sets the paradigm that we are interfacing with a windowing machine for the next you know, 30 years. What's really cool about the LLMs that are out there now is that for the first time, we have like a new UX pattern, like a new way of interfacing with technology. We can just talk to it. You can literally just talk to the computer. And when I mean talk to it, I mean like it's a conversation, both in text or audio. But the deal is, is that now under this new paradigm, we all know how varied communications are, even amongst humans. We've seen, you know, from professional speeches given down to You know, people are scared to speak in front of people. We know what it's like to read an amazing author versus someone who's a terrible writer. We know even in our own day-to-day worlds how some of our peers and coworkers are very clear, concise, elegant in their writing, and others are meandering and confusing and challenging to communicate with. So this rich fabric of communication, we know just day in and day out of working with other humans, what a wide variance it has. Now put that all of that kind of variance and spectrum with when you're working with the computer. And now you see why prompt engineering is such a thing because you're talking to a computer and asking it to give you an output, but it's not a mind reader. You know, it doesn't have some sort of magical mystical skills. It's only as good as the conversation that you're basically putting into it and its ability to understand process and, and uh, to give you an output. So that's a long winded kind of opening to say that we decided to build like a whole prompt engineering layer inside of HubSpot. Mm -hmm. And so this means that we don't want people to have to be geniuses at how to speak with, you know, these large language models. 
you know, you take a moment, if no one here, so the first, second thing I always tell people, first thing is go, go do something with ChatGPT. The second thing I tell people to do is go watch some of these YouTube videos on like advanced prompt engineering or advanced usage with ChatGPT. And they'll start to really open up your mind as to just how varied in, and deep and rich you can be whenever you're chatting with these LLMs to get high quality output. So we studied all this and we put all sorts of things that are happening behind the scenes so that whenever you are trying to generate blog post topics, for example, we now are combining third-party data from you know, tools like SEMrush to know what keywords are important to your business already. We're basically going through and looking at what things have worked well in the past, what things you've already you know, written about. We're going through and we're understanding kind of what the world of a great uh, blog topic looks like. We're taking all of this and we're putting together that for our customer. And when you're sitting in HubSpot, it's just like answer a few questions and like, hey, here are like 10 great blog topics to write about. But think about all the stuff I just told you in the background that's happening, that we take all of that that grunt work out. Yeah. That's kind of our perspective as we go forward. We are now putting that all across the system. Another place, like with email subject lines, you know, to get people to open your emails, that is an art. And there's a ton of research, a ton of data that shows that just changing a few words can have a huge impact on people opening up your emails. We're using AI to do stuff like that as well. So I'll pause there for a minute because I just wanted to say that like bringing in that LLM, treating it like a UX interface, but more importantly, like we're figuring out the best ways to talk with the LLM, mixing it with unique data that's unique to you as a HubSpot user to then do these very simple aids to kind of daily work to make your life easier. That's kind of what we're doing right now. So I'll pause there. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it, it kind of speaks to... I mean, you're you're looking at things from the operational standpoint, right? Because you're making it easy, you're making it, you know, democratizing, so to speak. The the because it it, it prompt engineering, it's a thing to your point, and it's uh, there are people that are very good at it, and and there are people that are. I mean, it's kind of I just liken it to like searching on Google. Like it it's funny to say, but there are people that are not very good at searching on a search engine and there are people that are good at it and so i think it's it's simpler but um it's i think it's a it's a decent analogy there of you know and now we now that we have generative ai which you know yeah you can you, you can get quite a variance of, of results so you know it's it sounds like you're looking at not only the what is the experience of the content creator or the marketer or salesperson you know whoever that is on the on the inside of the organization, as well as looking at then how does it get distributed to the to the end customer. And, you know, I, I think that's a really, it's important to kind of take in, into account that entire life cycle, not just how do we get content out, but how do we get great content out? And how do we get, make relevant content? Yeah, we uh, did a couple of other cool things that I think are just the beginning of where all these things are going. So like the first is we have a, a very powerful content platform for building all sorts of content experiences from microsites to portals to full on websites for your business. And um, one of the things we found is that you can ask questions and understand what the user is looking for and you can build a site for them. And 
we decided to start exploring this with our freemium product. And so now if anybody's listening, you want to start a side hustle, you want to go do something like you can go to HubSpot, sign up, answer a few questions, and it will generate a custom website for you. And, you know, right now it's a very simplistic, uh, it's like, it's still nice looking, but it's like a single page website still built on our content platform. So you can expand it. But over time, you can see that now moving to the point where now we make a six page website and it automatically, you know, you upload a few pictures and it puts an about us page together with, you know, profile headshots. You know, there's a lot of fun stuff you can do with that. Uh, The other thing we did, I think is interesting is like helping out people with like workflow type stuff, Uh, not automation, but I mean like just, you know, day-to-day work streams. So like right now, when you finish a blog post and you hit save, it automatically generates social posts ready to go for you. And it's not just uh, taking the header image and cutting, you know, taking the first four sentences. It's actually using prompts to create the right type of social post for the right type of network that you're going to put it on, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We also put uh, image generation in there now. And it's using the current version of Dolly, Dolly 2. It's not very good uh, for what it's worth, like it's like hit or miss. <laughs> yeah. But the next version um, of Dolly 3, I don't know if you've heard, you know, that God, Dolly 3 is incredible. Yeah, um, yeah. And so we've got that in there so that when Dolly 3 is out, that comes out. And so what's exciting is like literally probably, you know, Dolly 3 is rolling out right now. But just say over like the next 60 days, what this means is that you – you can have it generate blog topics, create the blog for you. So like it, it generates the content as well. Automatically make a custom image for the top of it. You get to still edit it and, and work back and forth and make sure you're happy with it. But then when you hit save, it's generating the social posts that also have, you know, generated images that look nice. And, you know, then you go over and you can send an email out about that blog post and it's picking the right subject line based off the body of the email to give you like a good idea as what to people open. Like, man, we're talking about real time savers now. So whenever they say that this is like a trillion dollar impact to the economy, you know, I don't even need to know what AI looks like next year to start thinking that right now, if I'm a marketer, what HubSpot's done is just save me, I don't know, two hours this week, three hours this week. That's real time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why, you know, there, there's a lot of things that kind of come and go as far as hype goes in in the industry. And, you know, I've certainly been through a few, a few of those cycles myself, but I mean, I think what sets AI apart is what you're saying, which is that there is an immediate impact that it can have, whether or not you're doing, you know, in the maturity scale of, of AI, you know, there's those that are like way advanced and, and doing some things that, smaller orgs or just many orgs don't have the resources to do, but everyone can have some kind of, you know, almost immediate impact if they use, if they use some kind of tools like these. So that's, I think that's just what, what, why we're talking about it so much and, and why I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's a flash in the pan. I think it's, you know, I think it's here to stay. And and to your point, a year from now, we may stop talking about, it in terms of AI, it's probably just going to be the way that we work at some point, but it's still going to be prevalent. Would, would you agree? Oh, yes, for sure. I think the part that's probably most challenging is in the past, you know, we've really been thinking that a lot of this was like more sizzle than steak. Yeah. I yeah. think now 
the challenge is old incumbents older than us. Of course, we're pretty old now as well, but like there's many companies much older and bigger, but I think ourselves and older incumbents, this isn't a time to rest on your laurels because at the end of the day, a lot of this technology is so fascinating, fast changing, enabling, unique that, um, you know, there there will be big trend shifts in the next two years over like the tools that people use. But I think if I was, you know, if I'm in the audience, heck, I even do it myself. It's my, my, my own advice to myself is like, you should be on a steady diet of testing these tools out for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, you know, I think that a lot of companies are mature enough at the point now where they're, you know, trying to move away from these kind of piecemealed cobble tax systems. That's what I call it whenever you've got like 14 different core systems that you're using. I think that's kind of a rough way to exist. And, I, I you know, if anybody's listening and you live in that world, that's tough. Like, I really do think consolidating on something like a HubSpot or one of the competitors that we have, that's going to make your life easier. But there are many point solutions that then integrate or complement or work alongside these that I would be playing with like almost daily. And if a company doesn't keep up, ourselves included, move. (laughs) You know, like at the end of the day, this is the time to basically be really, really um, curious and capturing the awesome changes that are out there. And you know, our goal is to, to keep keep up. But I think that overall, this is a great time to be a marketer. This is a great time to be a sales, like a, a B2B front office worker right now, service person. God, man, some of the stuff coming out for service is like also amazing. Like you have a chat thread with a customer over four or five days. And then with one click, it can summarize everything, including the outcomes from that. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the that's kind of the other the other pieces, you know, we've talked about like internal content creation, as well as you know, how how it might get distributed to to other customers. But yeah, with with chat now, it's, it's creating content on its own based on, you know, customer input. So Mm -hmm. you know, that that brings a whole other level. And you know, another, another thing that makes this interesting to me as well, you know, we have wide audience on the show, you know, there's, there's people listening from the enterprise, there's people listening, I'm sure from smaller orgs as well. It helps maybe in different ways, but it helps organizations of all sizes, whether you have a huge marketing team and you just need to scale to yet more customers because customers want more personalization, uh, you know, every day at this point, or you're a small org or a small marketing team and you just need to do more, it helps you scale there. But I, I think that the chat and the conversational marketing piece is yet another, you know, kind of exponential growth thing because yeah, now you don't have to have a customer service rep on the other side of that. Now it's it's automated and yet, you know, more and more able to speak in your voice and connect to things in the workflow as well. And it sounds like you've you've made some enhancements with that as well. Yeah, I think at this inbound service hub, one of the things they released is that you can feed it all of your knowledge base articles, feed a chat, like a, a bot, all yeah. of the knowledge base articles. And I think they even got it to the point where you can feed it any URL. So, you know, think about that for a moment. We've already seen chat GPT. Again, if, if you haven't used it out here, you got to use it to really understand what I'm saying. But like, it's pretty good about just chatting back and forth. Like it's not missing a beat whenever you're like, how's your day? Oh my God, my day is amazing. How's your day? Like it's, it is very good 
at the baseline general conversations. So then you go in and you want to ask it a specific question. Uh, excuse me, where would I go to connect my domain here at HubSpot? That's like a very legitimate support question. It's like a right. big support driver that we get people call in. You know, our UX people obsess over like, how do we make this more easy to find? You know, there's even jokes like you, you know, if you put connect domain in the main navigation, probably not. That'd be awful after. <laughs> but like still, you know, you get that. So the fact that someone can go say, how do I do this? And then a knowledge base article, which you have carefully curated, you know, kept up to date. You've got people who are trying to make sure these things are good about answering the questions of customers. That knowledge base is now something that has been fed into the database of the mind, roughly, of the AI. And what it does is it just gives you a very natural, sure, I can help you with that. Here's what you do. You go up to settings, you go down to this particular thing, domains, over on the right, you do X, Y, and Z. Let me know if you want me to go deeper. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, that's ex- now, and then to your point, you talked about voice. You know, we're not far off. Like the technology exists today yeah. already. Like we just haven't... But we're not far off where that whole thing I just said can be done over the phone mm, with yeah. audio. I mean, yeah. if you haven't seen like, this is not a HubSpot company, but if you haven't seen like Smith.ai or Air.ai, these are companies that, and, and I can't attest for how good they are, but their demos are interesting. Their demos are effectively AI, something like a large language model that has been paired with a voice model. Yeah. And they are conducting phone calls. Yeah, yeah. It's um, and you know that just speaks to customers want to connect how they want to connect. You know, there's there's no one way that uh, the you know that a brand should provide their customers to contact. It's you know it's kind of whatever works best for the that end customer for any yeah. number of reasons. Sometimes multiple channels in the in the same in the course of a day. Um, it's just kind of what's what's in front of them. Now, last thing I'll I'll tell you, like, this is just getting like real meta, but I bet a lot of us, do you have an Alexa or a a Google, you know, I do. I I have Alexa. Yeah. Yeah. So we've already kind of given them a personality. They have good voice models. They sound nice. They're pretty snappy. You know, they, they mess up everyone's mouth, but they're pretty snappy about answering at the good rhythm. So we've already figured out intonation, rhythm of speaking, uh, we've allowed a device in the house that we talk to. Like we already have a robot roughly in the house, but Alexa and Google specifically are moving at light speed to basically replace their current models with large language models. So the reality is, is that soon you'll be able to have conversations with Alexa and conversations with Bard slash Google Assistant. And when that happens and you're that used to talking to an AI agent, I think we're not going to see a lot of like pushback or, or kind of squinched up faces where people are like, Oh, I have to talk to a bot. I think they're going to be just fine with it. It's going to say something like, would you like to talk to an AI agent right now? Would you like to wait for a human for six minutes? Uh, Or would you like to, you know, have somebody call you back? Someone's going to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll try the AI bot. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially if they're, you know, if they're directly linked into data, I mean, you know, this is where the um, probably topic for another (laughs) for another um, show as well. But, you know, when there's disconnected data sources and and all that kind of stuff, like it doesn't matter if you're human, 
bot or, or whatever, like the customer is not going to get what they want. But, you know, if the AI bot is has access to all the relevant information, then, yeah, why wouldn't you? It's totally. probably quicker than a person. That's right. Yeah. There's a world here. You know, they, I did an interview at Inbound and someone said, you know, should we be scared of Inbound and all that stuff? And I was like, I mean, not Inbound, AI. Yeah. And I said, you know, what I think the debate when they say should we be scared is like there's really a debate about like um, artificial general intelligence, AGI. Right. There's a debate about like if it becomes self-aware and, you know, um, kind of begins to try to teach itself on its own, all that stuff. Like there are some ethical discussions around there. I mean, that's the that's the Terminator scenario. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I think the... there are true ethical conversations to be had around that. But where we are right now is I'm not scared of a bulldozer. Now, make no mistake, a bulldozer can move thousands of pounds of earth and could knock down a house or destroy my car. Like a bulldozer is an incredibly powerful tool or piece of machinery. Right. But man, I'm so thankful we live in a world with bulldozers because look about what we can do as a, a human race with those. And I think that right now where a lot of these AI tools are, are they are like power tools. You know, I, I joke, I say a lot of people are terrified of AI right now, but it's like being terrified of spell check. Yeah, right, right. You know, when when you go through and you're writing your, your, your document and it's going through and it's correcting your spell check and your grammar, that's like pretty amazing if you were to roll back the clock 40 years ago. But now it's just annoying if you don't have it. And that's the same thing I think that's going to be for AI for a while, which is it's amazing when you have it. It's annoying when you don't. Um, yeah. And I think that people will be more and more thankful for it. I do think we've got to watch out how far we go. This is like a Lord of the Rings, yeah. like don't dig too deep <laughs> in the minds of Moria. But right, <laughs> I do think, uh, right now it says something that people should be pretty happy about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Nicholas, thanks so much for joining. One, one last thing before we go, just... Um, you've given a lot of great advice and, and, and touched on a lot of subjects here today. But, you know, if you had one piece of advice for those those orgs there out there that maybe they're not afraid of AI, but uh, maybe unsure where to start, how how they should be thinking about it. What's one piece of advice there? So I, I go back to I'll give you three. I mean, but like oh, go sure. use yeah. chat GPT or Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E. Like those are the two kind of big names in the space right now, go use them and make a meaningful piece of content either for work or for home. And when I say meaningful, like get all the way through to it being a finished product, because then you'll smile and chuckle about how far it has to go to become Skynet. And then the last part is, is hopefully everybody uh, realizes that this is like a really fun time to unlock productivity. So if you're older in your career, I don't think AI is going to replace jobs or people. I think it's going to replace people who don't, you know, use AI. Right. Yeah. And everyone's been hearing that, but it is true. I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't up level your skills, you don't mess around with it. You don't basically exist with natural curiosity around this stuff. You'll be left behind. And I think that that's, instead of this being like a scary conversation, I tend to think that people should have like a growth mindset. We should always be trying to grow and evolve. Nothing stays the same. And I think that uh, my my last piece of advice is just stay super curious about this stuff. Stay super open-minded and be really receptive to kind of the spoils that will come from this. Like it'll be, there'll be a lot of nice upside. And uh, I think people who embrace that will, will be 
pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Great advice. Well, again, I'd like to thank Nicholas Holland, VP of Product and GM of HubSpot Marketing Hub for joining the show. You can learn more about Nicholas and HubSpot by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkillstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.